Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to turn in your Bibles today to the third chapter of John. The third chapter, John chapter 3. And we are in the fourth part of this series that I'm doing on the kingdom of God. And uh, I got to tell you, the Lord has me here. And uh, so even if I do a Christmas message, it's going to be wrapped in a message of the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, So y'all don't try to pigeonhole me because I'm very famous for not doing something like that. Amen. Saying Merry Christmas, just preaching something. Amen. And so, but, but we're in this series on the kingdom of God because I know this is what the Lord is saying right now for the body of Christ. Matter of fact, it's probably been what he's always said, but sometimes we got to awaken to what he is saying. Say amen to that. John chapter three and verse one today. And uh, this is part four of this series on the kingdom of God. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Come on, shout amen to that. Now go to the 18th chapter of John, John 18. Praise the Lord. I've got several scriptures we're going to read um, just to uh, lay the foundation for what I am preaching today. John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered. He's uh, He's answering Pilate here and he says, my kingdom is not of, everybody shout of. My kingdom is not of this world. I need you to understand and notice he did not say my kingdom is not in this world. He said my kingdom is not of this world. Stay with me now. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Hallelujah. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born. Notice he said born, not created. I was born for this cause. The prophet Isaiah said unto us, a child is born, but unto us a son is given. The son was never born. Stay with me here. (laughs) Uh, He said, for this cause I've come into the world that uh, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Say amen to that. Now I want you to go to Daniel 7. Daniel 7 and verse 14. Praise God. Daniel 7 and verse 14. Then after that we're going to Acts chapter 1. If you could put it up on the screens for me real quick, please. Daniel, watch this. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a what? And a what? A kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. He said, I don't care if you're black, white, red, yellow. What was that old gum you used to chew, you know, that had the different colors in it? What is it? Fruit stripe. He said, I don't even care if you're fruit stripe. 
All peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is a what? Everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, everybody shout kingdom. The one which shall not be destroyed. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He said, this kingdom shall not be destroyed. Now, I want you to go to Acts chapter 1. We're going just a few other places, and then after that, we'll pray, and you can be seated after that. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Push your neighbor and say, what's the matter with you, man? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1. The former account, this is verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days now watch this and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God for 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's the beginning of Acts. Now let's go to Acts 28 and then we're going to, after this we'll pray and you can be seated after that. Acts 28, verse 30. Praise the Lord. You're about to see this right here. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house. Paul said, I ain't no need to buy nothing, I ain't staying here long. <laughs> he knew he was going up soon. Paul dwelt two old years in his own renting house and received all who came to him. Preaching the what? The kingdom of God. And teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no one forbidding him. The book of Acts started with the kingdom. The book of Acts ended with the kingdom but look at your neighbor and say now you are Acts 29 we ain't writing no more in a book but we are living testimonies of the power and the anointing of God in the earth today hallelujah so we're going to pray and get ready to receive the word today father God in the name of Jesus I thank you that you have brought us here and as I have prayed and many others have prayed, Father, you have prepared our minds, our spirits, our hearts, and our ears, Lord, to hear and receive revelation today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every person's spirit would come to awaken now in Jesus' name, that it would be quickened by the Holy Ghost right now, that there would be a rumbling in each, each and every one of us right now, and Father, that we would prepare ourselves to receive not the word of a man but the word of God Lord today let me preach like a man from another place for I am a man from another place God I am of your kingdom father and I pray today let the anointing of the Holy Ghost fall in this place destroying every yoke of bondage in Jesus mighty name I pray as the word goes forth Holy Ghost that you would begin to move so powerfully that people would be healed delivered baptized in the Holy Ghost, made free and born again even while I preach. Don't wait on the altar call, Holy Ghost. Just do what you want to do, how you want to do it. I pray right now that, the, that when the heavens begin to open, that the glory would pour out like rain in this house. And in the name of Jesus, there would be a revelation that does not just keep us for today, but takes us into our tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, I pray God, look upon my availability. And not my ability today. And let an apostolic anointing fall and a prophetic utterance be declared. So that the kingdom of God would be advanced. And we pray together, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you agree, shout amen and give him a good praise. Come on, give him a good praise for his word all over this place. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to take the first five to ten minutes of my time today and do a quick recap. 
Pastor, why do you do this? Because I realize right now that we have newcomers that come into this church every single week. You ought to shout amen and thank Jesus for that right now. Matter of fact, those of you that are sitting around saying, uh, preacher, listen, I'd like to invite some more people, but there ain't hardly no seats. Don't worry about that. We working on that. Amen. You want to be here in January. <laughs> and so, uh, but, but I, I'm, I'm, I want you to understand something today that, that, that I have to recap just for a moment to get everybody to a place to where we can teach and preach what God is saying for this moment right now. Now, push your neighbor and say, listen up, God's going to talk to you today. So as we have been in this series over the past three weeks, we've been, uh, it's taken me three weeks to just bring definition to the kingdom of God. And I know the Holy Spirit has brought me to that place or wanted me to start off that way because you've got to understand that there are many different opinions about the kingdom of God. There are many different definitions, not according to God, but according to man about the kingdom of God. But can I tell you, you'll know when the kingdom of God is being preached. You'll know when the kingdom of God shows up. You'll know when the kingdom of God is present. Why? Because God is present when his kingdom is present. Hallelujah. And so I told you, number one, I said the kingdom, the kingdom of God is the highest order of governance in the universe. Say amen to that. Both natural and supernatural. You got scripture for that? Sure do. Isaiah 9 verse 7. And of, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward. Even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So the kingdom of God is the highest order of governance. The kingdom of God. Watch this. Whose Constitution. Every kingdom has to have a constitution. What is the constitution of the kingdom of God? I done taught you this now. The Bible. The word of the living God. The Bible, listen, the Bible says that the grass wither and the flower fade, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. So our constitution is the Bible. That's the reason you got to know it. That's the reason you got to be familiar with it. You can't just let somebody tell you what it says. You got to get yourself in it and realize what it says and come to an understanding of what it says because when you know the constitution you know your rights uh, we're not, I'm going I'm to try to pass over that but I feel the Lord might be wanting me to go there in a minute just stay with me number two I told you the kingdom of God is power everybody shout power 1 Corinthians 4.20 for the kingdom of God is not in word but it's in power hallelujah a lot of people talk about the kingdom of God but there ain't no power showing up You'll know when the kingdom shows up because power shows up. You'll know when the kingdom shows up because folk want to put their cigarettes down. Folks want to put their, their pipes down. People put their needles down. People erase folks' numbers and their phones that should not be there. People all of a sudden say, my God, I don't want to live the way that I've been living anymore. There's something coming inside of me that I don't know what it is. I'm telling you, it's the power of the kingdom. You'll know when the kingdom of God shows up. Because folk want to forgive people that they could not forgive before. You'll know when the kingdom of God shows up because people start loving folk of different colors. You'll know when the kingdom of God shows up because all of a sudden there's something begins to change inside of people. It is the power of the living God. Shout amen to that. But then I told you number three. This is what I preached on last week. Number three, the kingdom of God is righteousness. Everybody shout righteousness. It is peace. Shout peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory be to God. That's Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. See, they were having this dispute that the kingdom of God is this. The kingdom of God is you can't eat this meat. And the kingdom of God is you can't do this. And the kingdom of God is you can't do that. And Paul said, all oh, y'all got it wrong. He said, y'all looking at these things on the outside, but can I tell you the kingdom of God is not that. The kingdom of God is when you see righteousness, peace, and joy come in somebody. He said that's when you know the kingdom of God has showed up in somebody's life. That's when you know somebody has changed and they are no longer a son of the world, but they are, they are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Say amen to that. When someone has given themselves to the kingdom of God and embraced the kingdom of God, you don't have to call them every week and beg them to come to church. 
Oh, that hit halfway and got bounced back. I'm going to say it one more time. When somebody has truly embraced the kingdom of God and someone has truly given themselves to the kingdom of God, you ain't got to beg them to come to church. They'll be calling you talking about what time you're going to be here tomorrow. What's going on in the house tomorrow? Are they teaching anything? I want to be there for prayer. I want to be there early to get me a seat in worship. You ain't got to beg me to come in the sanctuary. I'm already waiting on you in the sanctuary. I'm ready to give God a praise because the kingdom is inside of me. Hallelujah. When the, when the kingdom of God, when somebody has embraced the kingdom of God, you ain't got to worry about whether they're out there clubbing. You ain't got to worry about whether they're out there uh, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You want to know why? Because when the kingdom really gets set up inside of you, you don't want to do this stuff anymore. Ain't nobody got to tell you to put it down. You want to put it down because there's something on the inside of you that is growing and it is not of this world, but it's of God. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to go somewhere today. Uh, when, when someone has fully embraced the kingdom of God, there's a peace that dwells in their life. Oh, my God. They look at you and say, don't you know the doctor's report? And you say, that's okay. I don't believe the doctor's report. Isaiah says, believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And so I'm going to believe God's report. There's a peace that rests inside of you. And there's a peace that comes in you. And then when you show up at work on Monday morning and you're at the, you're at the water cooler, you're at the coffee pot, and the people of God, or not the people of God, but all the people of the world are sitting around saying, didn't you know what this happened? Don't you know what Joe Biden did? Don't you know what this happened? Don't you know what this going to do? Don't you know what that's going to do? And all of a sudden you look up and there's a peace in you. And they say, why are you not in turmoil? You said, my God, I can't be in turmoil. If you knew the kingdom that dwelt inside of me, it is peace. Hallelujah. And so what goes on around me is not getting inside of me. What's inside of me is changing everything around me. It's peace. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's peace and it is joy. Glory be to God. It is joy. Joy. Hallelujah. That's the reason I said that earlier. I said, man, some, not many people in there. We got a good church, praise God. But there's some of you. I ain't seen you smile yet. And I, I'm beginning to be concerned about you a little bit. I, 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 I'm, I'm really, I don't know. We got to pray. Amen. There's somebody I ain't seen you. I haven't seen you smile yet. Now, if you are, if you're lost and you're on your way to hell, that's perfectly understandable. You don't have much smile about. <laughs> you don't have a lot to smile about. Matter of fact, I wouldn't let me finish my sermon. I'd be like, preacher, can we take an intermission for two minutes and get me right with God? Because I don't want to take another minute and be lost because I don't know what's going to happen in the next two minutes. And I got to know that I'm right with God. And so when you are right with God, when the kingdom's inside of you, there is a joy that's on the inside of you that looks at every single situation and circumstance and says, I know what it says or I know what I see, but I'm going to tell you what God says. And God says, I'm a child of the kingdom. And God says, I'm a child of God. And God says I'm a part of the redeemed. So regardless of what I see, I'm hanging on to what he says. And what he says is greater than what I see. Hallelujah. And that's what brings joy. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. No wonder the church is so weak. Can't get them to smile half the time. Can't get them to get joyful half the time. And let me tell you something. I'd be depressed too if this was my final destination. But the Bible says I'm a pilgrim. I'm just wandering through this place. I'm sojourning. So regardless of what happens here, I have a there. How many are happy that you have a there? And there's a day you're going to dwell there forever and ever. Give the Lord some praise in this house. Hallelujah. I'm glad about it there. Praise the Lord. Now let's get to our text today. Just had to get you there. Amen. In Acts chapter one. Oh, praise the Lord. Somebody say, teach me something for a minute. In, in our text today, in the first three verses, when you read Acts chapter one and the first three verses, you discover whether you realize it or not, you discover a key. To what you're going to read throughout the rest of the book of Acts. 
There is a key in the first three verses. The writer Luke, who is later added to the apostles, or some, some, some say he wasn't, but either way, he was, a, he was added to those who helped build the church. He is writing his second book in the Bible. He's writing his second book in the Bible. His first book was the Gospel of Luke. His second book was the book of Acts. His first book, uh, you see that he's, he, is telling the, he is telling the story of Jesus. In his second book, he is writing about Jesus being in people. Now he's writing the book of Acts, or some refer to as the Acts of the Apostle. In the first verse, he says... In the first verse, he says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. In the first verse, he is telling us who is this audience, who the audience is. I cannot tell you the book of Acts ain't for everybody. The book of Acts ain't for everybody. If you look at the book of Acts as a, as a history book, it ain't for you. If you look at the book of Acts as just some literary uh, writing, it probably ain't for you. Matter of fact, it frustrates you. Where, what camera am I at? Those of you that think the book of Acts is just a history book, that's why you're so frustrated with it. You might as well just rip it out of your Bible because it is not just a history book. You've got to understand that when he said, oh, Theophilus, what he is saying, this is being written. Theo means God. Phyllis means lovers or to love. So what he is saying is I am right writing a document to the lovers of God. I'm not writing to a document to people who got to be begged to come to church. I'm not writing a document to people who don't want to live for him. I'm not writing a document to people who had to be uh, bribed into coming. I'm writing a document to people who say, I love Jesus and I don't care what you think about it. I'll give my whole life to it. Oh, Theophilus, the lovers of God. That's why some folk read it and say, my God, I don't know, I don't know about this, but other people read it and say, there's a hunger that comes inside of you and say, Lord, I don't want to live another day. I don't want to go through another season. I don't want to uh, spend another birthday without seeing somebody raised from the dead, without seeing the sick healed, without seeing people baptized with the Holy Ghost, without seeing the multitudes come to Jesus. Oh God, this is written for me. Oh, lovers of God, I just want to know do I have any lovers of God in this house that woke up this morning and said oh I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord for better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere gone oh Theophilus I'm writing we're still on the kingdom I'm in introduction stay with me oh Theophilus oh those who are lovers of God. I'm writing to you. I'm writing to you of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Oh, hallelujah. So you got to understand first, he's telling us who the audience is. But then second, he's telling us that Jesus Christ, everybody say Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead. And for 40 days, not four minutes, not four hours, not four days, but for 40 days, the Lamb of God, the Yeshua Hamashiach, the Messiah of the Jesus, the Messiah, walked this earth in body. He's, matter of fact, he said, let me prove something to you. Y'all got some mashed potatoes and some, some Thanksgiving leftovers? Now, he didn't say exactly that, but yeah, it was close. Amen. He told him, he said, give me something to eat. I'm going to show you something. He said, I'm going to show you that I'm not just here in spirit. <laughs> I am here in body. That when I walked this earth, I was fully God. And I was fully man. And when I raised from the dead, I raised up fully God. And fully man. And watch me eat something. And Thomas, put your hand right here. And Thomas, put your hand right here. And Thomas, put your hand right here. And feel me and know that I am who I said I am. The writer is telling us Jesus walked this earth 40 days after he was raised. 
from the dead. Why is that important? I want you to understand that while Jesus walked this earth for 40 days, he didn't want to sit around and talk about the good old days. He didn't want to reminisce about how Peter stepped out for three steps or four steps or five steps or 10 steps and then started sinking. He didn't want to reminisce about how all the apostles failed him and left him on the, on the time of his greatest trial. He didn't want to reminisce about, hey, y'all know what, man, that was pretty cool. You remember that day that boy gave me them five loaves of two fish? Y'all remember what I did with that? He didn't want to talk about none of that. What did he want to talk about? For 40 days, for 40 days, he didn't want to talk about none of that. But the Bible says for 40 days, he taught them the kingdom. Why did he do this? Because he knew that after 40 days, he was ascending into heaven. And he knew that the only thing, this only way this thing was going to work, the only th way that this, that God was going to be able to take 120 people and birth the greatest movement on the earth called the, the church of Jesus Christ. The only way he was going to do it, they could not preach their opinion. They could not preach their feeling. They could not preach what was culturally relevant. They had to preach the kingdom of God. So he says, boys, I ain't got time to talk about what we used to do. Sit down and let me teach you the kingdom of God. And can I tell you, when the church gets back to living and embracing and teaching and preaching the kingdom of God, you'll see the power of God show back up in the church. Hallelujah. Glory. So for 40 days, he says, I want to talk to you about the kingdom. Thirdly, this third thing that he tells us in these first three verses, the Holy Spirit is revealing to us that all that you're about to read about in the book of Acts is because a group of people gave themselves fully to the kingdom. This is where we're going to spend our time and we'll probably end here today. They gave themselves fully to the kingdom. They didn't just give themselves to attending church once a month. They did not just give themselves attending church twice a month. Well, y'all, man, why y'all always got to plan something at the church? Hush! Are you in the kingdom or not? Well, I stepped on somebody's toes. I feel it. Jesus, let me get this pulpit up here. Somebody's going to throw something at me. He, he is telling us if you give yourself to the kingdom like they gave themselves, then you can do the acts that they done. Then you can lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Then you can cast out demons. Then you can raise the dead. Then you can stand up in the middle of a hostile generation and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ and 3,000 of them will come down and say, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? You can see your generation changed by the power of God if you give yourself to the kingdom like they did. Oh, hallelujah. So let's, let's define a term before I get to point number one. Amen. And that's all I'm giving you today. Don't get nervous. So I told you I'm wanting to get into citizenship. We spent three weeks defining the kingdom. Now I want to talk about citizenship. The dictionary defines citizen as this. A legally recognized subject or or, or national of a state or commonwealth, either native or neutralized. Did you get that? A legally, a legally recognized subject. Jesus said, can't nobody come in lest they come through me. Anybody else that tries to crawl over any other way, thieves and robbers. He said, but I am the door. Hallelujah. And those who come through me shall go in and out and eat of green pasture. A legalized, a legally recognized citizen. Now, let me tell you my definition. The covenant relationship agreed upon by a person and the king of kings. The person agrees to surrender all and give complete allegiance to the king, his kingdom, and the constitution of that kingdom. 
In turn, the person now has covenant rights to all the kingdom has to offer, including the nature and the character of the king. That's my definition. See, I'm, I, I've been praying. I've been praying this week. I said, Lord, today, let there be such a revelation that people go from being churchgoers to living in the kingdom because the power that you want and what you're looking for is on the other side of you fully embracing the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That's the reason I told you when I got born again, I, was not, I did not walk into the kingdom trying to figure out what I disagreed with. Hallelujah. I, feel, I, I pretty much knew there was going to be a bunch I disagreed with. Why? Because for years I had built a wrong thinking. So can I tell you something that when you walk into the, when you come into the kingdom, there's going to be a bunch that you disagree with because you've been agreeing with hell for a bunch of years. And when you get into the kingdom, there ain't nothing in here that agrees with hell. Hallelujah to the land. Everything is saying I'm pushing back the darkness. Ain't nothing in here agreeing with hell. Glory be to God. So I'm going to give you that definition because I feel like somebody said I got half of it. Amen. The covenant relationship agreed upon by a person and the king of kings. The person agrees to surrender all. 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 I know that this is not popular in today's time. But God don't want your half. He's never been a halfway God. He's never been a most of the way God. He wants your all. Hallelujah. You agree to surrender all and give complete allegiance to the king. Can I stop? Some of y'all are thinking, man, this cat right here, he sounds almost like a cult. If you ain't been accused of being a cult, you ain't doing nothing for Jesus. You ain't done nothing for Jesus if they don't accuse you of being a cult. You out here running with the world. Years ago, they said, man, them folk down here talking about you're a cult. I said, good. That means I'm stirring something up and I don't look like them. I don't talk like them. I don't. Ah, they know something is different inside of me. Hallelujah. That's why they put the drinks down when I walk around. That's why when they slip up, they say, oh, my bad. I don't have to tell them none of that. I just walk up and say, hey, how are y'all doing? They're like, put that down, man. Come on. Why? Because the kingdom showed up when I showed up. And when I showed up, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost showed up. Glory be to God. And it ain't for sale. Somebody say it ain't for sale. Hallelujah. Push your neighbor and say, take the price tag off. I tell people all the time, you got a price tag, the devil will pay it every day of the week. But if you'll take the price tag off, God will use you in such a mighty way, you'll shake the generations for the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm still in this definition, ain't I? So the person agrees to surrender all and give complete allegiance to the king, his kingdom, and the constitution of that kingdom. When you become, if you were not born a U.S. citizen and you became a U.S. citizen, you had to agree to the constitution of the United States of America. When you get born again, you can't walk, ah, I feel like preaching now. You can't walk through this Bible and try to figure out what you do and do not want. This is the constitution of the kingdom of the living God. And it demands your all. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. But in turn, the person now has covenant rights. Say, I have covenant rights. Watch this, to all the kingdom has to offer, including the nature 
and character of the king. God said, I'm not just trying to bless you on the outside. He said, but when you have fully embraced my kingdom, I'll change you on the inside. I'll give you the nature and the character of the king. Hallelujah. What you must understand is there is no citizenship without relationship. Too many people want citizenship without relationship. That does not happen in the kingdom. It is impossible to access the rights of the kingdom without the relationship to the king. When you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, you must understand that you are not the same person under a different government. Oh, can I say that again? When you become a citizen of the kingdom of God, you are not the same person under a different government. The devil is a liar. Matter of fact, if you are the same person that you used to be, then you're not born of the spirit. Woo! I feel a Ric Flair, woo, in the house. <laughs> but that woke Trey up back there, amen. I feel a Ric Flair, woo. If you were changed and went back to being the old person, listen to this. If you were changed and then you went back to being the old person, then you need to be born a... Well, my pastor told me that we don't have to do that. Don't go back there. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Pray for him. I told somebody one day they were arguing with me. They weren't arguing with me. They were being very respectful in my office. And he was saying, I don't know that I believe that, that a person can fall away from grace. I said, you just need to read your Bible. That's all. You need to quit listening to what everybody says and just read the Bible. I said, now, I don't believe everybody that, that you, you stumped your toe and said a cuss word, that means you got to get saved. I, I, I don't believe that. Oh, I'm touching something right now, ain't I? <laughs> but the Bible talks about habitual sin, a lifestyle, a state of sin. And if you start living in a state of sin, you have walked away. Jesus didn't kick you out. The devil didn't even force you out. You got out. I can tell I need a series on that for a little while. So you have to be born again. Being a citizen of the kingdom of God means that you have become a new creature. It's like you were a cat. Now you are a dog. You are a new creature. You don't even eat the same. You are a new creature. Do you understand what I'm telling you, church? Folk have told you, well, you done got born again. Now you now just go to church and do this. No, no, you've got to understand when you're truly born of the spirit, you are brand new. You're not a new person. You are a new creation. You are, you are a new creature. Oh, glory be to This might not be for everybody, but I'm helping somebody up in here right now. Watch this. Therefore, you are not the same person or the same creature under a different government. You are a new person. You are a new creation that is now under a different kingdom. You are now under the kingdom of God. Everything you have become has been created to respond to the kingdom of God. Everything you have become, I'm going to preach here in a minute, stay with me. Everything in your spirit has now been made to respond to the leading and direction of the Holy Ghost. To go back to your old life and live under the kingdom of darkness, you have to deny and reject who God has made you to be. You now have to renounce, watch this. You have to renounce that you are a new creation and accept a different citizenship, which people do. But I'm letting you know what's happening. So let me bring this thing into somewhere where we can land it. 
Number one, this is the first point. And this is all we're getting to today. Number one, the king, kingdom citizenship is not just being saved from. It is being saved to. Now, I'm going to let that sit for a minute because there's several of you. You live for Jesus three weeks and then you don't for three months. You're, you're in the house of God for two months and we're thankful. Listen, I, we're not, I'm not picking on you. I'm helping you. You're in the house of God for two months. You're ready to attack hell with a water pistol. You're my, my preacher. I'm ready to be a preacher. I, I need you to put me around you. I need you to pour into me. And I, now I can't find you for six months. Where are you out there? There you are. Sitting out there watching church. Can't get in the house of God because conviction's so strong on you. And you're here and then you're there. You're an unstable man. All because you have accepted the mentality to be saved from. But you have not embraced the mentality to be saved to. One of, beloved, one of the biggest challenges in the churches of America and the churches of Europe and, and in many other churches around the world today is that people have a revelation or they, they, have a, uh, they adopted the, the mindset to be saved from. What are you talking about? Many want to be saved from hell. Many want to be saved from eternal damnation. But they don't want to be saved to the kingdom of God. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he did not say, if you're born again, watch this, you'll be saved from. Now we know that's part of it. Thank God. He said, if you're born again, you can see the kingdom of God. If you're born of water and spirit, you can enter into the kingdom of God. Why are there so many people that have a form of religion, have a form of godliness, but deny the power that changes their life because somebody taught you that all that you had was to be saved from some flames, to be saved from darkness, to be saved from hell, but nobody told you you're to be saved to the kingdom of God. You're to be saved to a new creation. You're to be saved to being a new person. They want to be saved from their addiction because it's constantly robbing and destroying the life. But they don't want to be saved to the kingdom, which now produces a different way of living. They want to be saved from their anger and torment because it controls their life. But they don't want to be saved to the kingdom, which requires forgiving those who have wronged you. They want to be saved from their poverty and lack because it stinks to be broke. To be busted and disgusted and can't be trusted. <laughs> they want to be saved from their poverty and lack, but they don't want to be saved to the kingdom of God because that requires you return your tithe and give of your offerings. And we're trying to be saved from something when Jesus said you need to be saved to something. Jesus never preached a gospel that saved you. Listen carefully now, in case you don't throw nothing at me and say heresy. Jesus never preached a gospel that saved you from hell and didn't bring you into the kingdom. The apostles did not preach a gospel that saved you from your sin and didn't bring you into the kingdom. Jesus and the apostles preached the kingdom of God. Why? Because they knew to be truly born again, you couldn't just be saved from. You had to be saved too. I told you last week, I'm going to say it again because it, it, it stirs some things up. The American gospel 
is centered around forgiveness. But that is not the biblical gospel. It's part of it. But the biblical gospel is centered around the kingdom of God. So therefore, we have preached a gospel all over this land that says, come and get your get out of hell quick card. But it did not require any kind of sacrifice and pressing into the kingdom. So when people hear something like a word sacrifice, or they hear a word that says deny yourself and pick up your cross, or they hear a word that it's going to require you being more than just a once a month attender, they think that that ain't the gospel. No, no, no. What you've heard is not the gospel, but this is the true gospel. It requires your altar. Hallelujah. Y'all give God a praise just so, so, so somebody can help somebody get that right now. Hallelujah. True kingdom citizenship is not just being saved from hell, it's being saved into the kingdom. In other words, I'm not trying to figure out what I, or what I do and do not want in the kingdom. I'm coming before God with an open spirit saying whatever is of your kingdom, I want it. When's the last time you didn't tell God what you thought, what you believed, or what you could or could not receive? When's the last time you came before God and said, whatever is yours, I want it. Even if it messes with my theology. Even if it messes with my belief system. Oh, glory. Can I, those of you that are, those of you that are new to the, to the faith. What I mean by new, past two years. Because you're still new, you just don't know it. Those of you that are new to the faith, been born again past two years, gotten serious with God past two years, let me help you and give you a secret, a key to success in living for God. Y'all ready? Somebody say, teach, preacher. When you walk in here, when you approach the kingdom of God, stop approaching it like it's foreign. Stop approaching it like those people are crazy. Stop approaching it like, well, that's them, but it ain't me. But when you see somebody that praises God in a way that you might not quite understand, instead of looking at them crazy, Go up to him and say, Pastor Antoine, why do you praise like you praise? Why do you worship like you worship? Because I'm new to this thing and I need to know what is the kingdom of God really about? Why, why, do you, why are y'all different? I went down to another place and everybody was dead and there were, you couldn't even feel no spirit. But when I walked in here, something grabbed me in my spirit and I got to realize that the kingdom of God is present. So instead of me walking in trying to figure out why I don't want to be like you, I'm walking in saying, why do you do what you do? Because I got to get to where you are. Why do you come to an altar and pray? and seek God's face. Why do you turn around and let people lay their hands on you? Why? Why do you come to prayer meetings? Why do you not skip church and go do whatever you want to do? And you let somebody tell you, because around here, child, this is the kingdom of God. This is not the world. This is not a religious system. This is not a denomination paper. This is the kingdom of God. So we praise like we praise. And we worship like we worship. And we pray like we pray. And we give like we give. 
like we preach because this is the kingdom of God. Is the kingdom of God. And it looks strange to you. You want to know why? Because you've been looking at the world for years. And you thought the church was supposed to look like the world, sound like the world, feel like the world. Don't go back there. This is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So when you enter and you approach the kingdom, stop trying to say, well, they're Pentecostals and I'm Baptocostal. What is this mess? Well, they're Pentecostals and I'm Methodocostal. No, 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 no. We're kingdom. We're kingdom. We're, we, we, matter of fact, shout, we are, we are the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And everything the kingdom has, we want. So I'm not trying to figure out what I can be saved from. Hallelujah. Can I get, get just a few more things? Brother Matthew, if I walked around with a baby picture in my pocket... And this is how a lot of believers do. So I walked around with a baby picture in my pocket. You know, my baby picture. And every time somebody came to me and said, how you doing? I just said, man, look at this old baby picture of me right here. Isn't that precious? I'm talking about my hair was white. I just had bleached blonde hair. I, I was a fat joker too, son. I'm going to tell you right now. Bless my mama. And I just walked around. Tangy, look at my baby picture. This is when I was born. Okay? Now that would seem very weird. <laughs> They'd be like, y'all need to put that joker somewhere because I don't know what's going on with him. Every time you talk to him, look at my baby picture. Now, if I did that, it, was because, it would be because I could never get past the day I was born. <laughs> it would be because my whole life has been wrapped up. My whole belief and the whole way I live is wrapped up in one day. And this is why much of the church is so shallow. Because we are wrapped up in the day we got saved. And we don't want to go to the place where God is calling us to. We don't want to go to the place of revelation. We don't want to go to the place of further things in the kingdom. We want to stay right here and show everybody our baby picture. But the apostle Paul said, I wanted to come to you and give you some meat. But I had to feed you milk again. Because you're stuck on showing everybody your baby picture. But I'm telling you, it's time that you grow up and press into the kingdom. How you doing, brother? I'm saved. Well, praise God you're saved. Here's your baby picture. But what has God said lately? What has God done lately? What is the revelation that you've received lately? Man, we don't seen your baby picture. We were there. Hallelujah. It's time to press in. It's time to quit being so selfish. Uh-oh. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to upset some folk, but y'all come back later. Y'all come back. Y'all come back because I'm building line upon line, precept upon precept. And so what I'm about to say, you're going to have to chew on for a little while, okay? But if the only time you're ever in any kind of kingdom fellowship 
is on a Sunday morning. You have not fully embraced the kingdom of God. Well, preacher, you said, you said we don't have to come on Wednesday nights. We come on Sunday morning and come to, a, come to a small group. That was way back in the tent. You know, that was like in spring. Sit at home, watch four hours of television, and we got teachers, anointed teachers up in here teaching you the Bible, and you can't figure out why you can't get the bottle out of your mouth. You can't figure out why you can't get out of formula right now. It's because you're not placing yourself under some solid teaching so you can grow up in the Lord. Get yourself here. Be em- embrace the kingdom, church, and you will do the works of the kingdom. Now I told you some of y'all are gonna get upset about that. Just I'll I'll build on it next week. I'll build on it next week. But you have to understand. You have to understand something. Okay, this is, this is my last thing, Lord willing. Because I got so much to teach about the kingdom. This is my last thing, Lord willing. You were not born into the kingdom to live into the world. And I'm not talking about lost living. I'm not talking about... So, so, some of you treat church and treat the kingdom of God like, okay, that's what I do, but this is where I live. The kingdom of God is where you live. Life is what you do. So if you have been born into the kingdom and you are a citizen of the kingdom, then this is where your life source comes from. And you and you do life out there. Not live out here and do church in here. Oh, glory. When I got born again, so going back to my baby picture, help some of you. It's not to sit here and just baby picture, baby picture, but I need you to understand that what I'm talking about is not impossible. When I got born again, before I was born again, I was all in, you know? So whatever I did, I did it all. So when I got born into the kingdom, I just said, okay, I'm going to do it all. Everything. Because this is where I live now. If you can embrace, if you can embrace this mindset, you'll find out you ain't backsliding every four weeks. Well, I love Jesus. I want to play. I want to sing. I want to praise. Day. I want to teach a class. I want to preach a sermon. I want to go out witnessing, and can't find them three weeks later. What happened? Somebody told you it was okay to be saved from hell, but not be saved to the kingdom. 120 people embraced the kingdom of God fully. And the church is still growing because of it. Jesus said, listen, boys, I'm going away. It's time for me to go. I've taught you 40 days on the kingdom of God. Don't teach and preach nothing else. This is my rendition 
You can't find this in the Bible. I want to be clear about that. It's just how I approach the word of God. And Peter says, Jesus, man, don't you know I denied you? Jesus, don't you know, not only did I not, I deny, but when you, when you left, I grabbed up the rest of the church and we went to backslide. How are we going to live this thing? How? Yeah, we know what to teach, but how are we going to live it? Because this is where it walks out. Jesus said, don't trip about that, son. He said, I'm going to give you a command. He said, go and wait in Jerusalem. In the upper room. And not many days from now, I'm going to put me in you. And as long as you embrace the kingdom and walk according to these commands, you're going to see my power live out through you. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost is that Jesus came through the spirit and made his home in man. So that now the message they speak, here we go, can line up with the life they live. So that when people see them, yes, they hear Peter say repent, but they watched his shadow heal the sick. Yes, they hear Paul preach the wonderful mysteries of the kingdom of God. But they watched handkerchiefs be taken from his body and raised the dead. Why? Because they embraced this thing, man. They embraced it. And we are living in the last days. And we must embrace this thing. We must embrace it. We must embrace it to a place where we're saying, I have no plan B. But Jesus, you're my only plan. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord willing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some other things as we come. You know, it's nowhere in the Bible that, it's nowhere in the Bible where it says Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior. That stirred some junk up right there. I'm giving y'all some stuff to study on. Find it. Find it. We taught that for so long. And you know why, you know why people won't enter the church doors right now and claim to be believers? Because he's my personal Jesus said, when you pray, pray our there was and, and I said that just stir you up. I, you, don't get me wrong. Jesus, you know, y'all, you have a personal relationship with him. But what I'm saying is Jesus never, ever intended you to be a Christian and not be connected to the body. Ever. Well, I sit at home, I'm, I'm my own man. You want to know why? Because for 20 years, churches have preached that you can have your own little personal thing with Jesus. How can the eye say to the foot, I don't need you? How can the hand say to the head, I don't need you? No, he said, when you pray, you pray, our Father. Because you are a part of a body. You are a part of a kingdom. And this thing is not all about you. But together we can advance something on the earth that the earth has not seen yet. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up all over this place. I know I said a couple things and I'm leaving them out there on purpose. I'm leaving them out there on purpose because I want to draw you to your Bible. I want to pull you to your Bible. Be like the Bereans and search the scriptures and see what I, if what I say is true or not.
When you get born again, you enter into the kingdom, church. Press into the kingdom. Hallelujah. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.